0: This episode of the Black Global podcast is sponsored by Blacksit Global Passport. Join aspiring Black expats, expats, and repats, where you can build community, get resources, and gain support along your journey abroad. You're invited to join Blacksit Global Passport. Inside Passport, you'll find exclusive workshops on everything from expat taxes, financial planning, insurance, job boards, accountability check ins, and more. You can even take Passport on the go with our app available for iOS and Android devices. Just click the link in the episode you're listening to or visit BlacksItGlobal.com and click on Passport. See you inside. And I think that was definitely a life-changing experience of just the impact that being elsewhere
1: can have. And I think from a really young age, that just sowed within me the seed for curiosity for
0: travel. Close your eyes and imagine living a life you love unapologetic and unbothered, free from daily microaggressions from Karens and Kens, free from the fear of police brutality and systemic racism. Wouldn't that feel amazing? Now open your eyes. What if I told you that it's possible? Hear inspiring stories and get the actual blueprints from brothers and sisters of the diaspora who are living out their wildest dreams abroad. You've heard the term, now be inspired by the movement. I'm Krishan Wright and this is Black Sick Global. I am so excited for this episode of the Black Sick Global podcast because I get to have a, what I know will be a lovely conversation with Zoe Smith, who is the founder of Exodus Collective, a platform that inspires people of the diaspora to relocate to, wait for it, the Caribbean. And she is joining me today from Grenada. Welcome to Black Sick Global.
1: Thank you very much for having me, and congrats on getting the pronunciation of Grenada
0: right. Because so many people are like Grenada, I'm like,
1: no, it's Grenada. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm,
0: I'm grateful that my Bronx accent did it right, did it justice. Top top <laughs> So, on that thread of accents, you have a lovely accent. And I know you were born in London. So can you talk a little bit about where you grew up and if you were a traveling family?
1: Yeah, good question. So yeah, I was born in London, um, but both my folks are from Grenada. They left the island when they were kids. But yeah, we traveled, we traveled a fair amount. Never, we never relocated overseas, but holidays, we, we definitely went abroad. And it was funny when I was listening to some of your previous guests and them sort of talking about their travel experiences. I remember when I was three years old, my dad took me camping with some friends in Switzerland. And I think that was the first time that I'd been overseas. And it, that impact of just being somewhere totally different. I remember looking up and seeing these mountains and it was clean. I was like, wow, this is so different from everything that I've ever known. And I think that was definitely a life changing experience of just the impact that being elsewhere can have. And I think from a really young age, that just sowed within me the seed for curiosity for travel, experiencing other cultures, experiencing different settings. So, yeah, I've the travel bug hit me, bit me quite, quite early on.
0: Wow, that's incredible. So for some people, they have I've not journeyed to uh, London while it is on my list. But for some people that is their their destination. So what was it like for you growing up there? What was your experience?
1: Yeah, so it's really tricky. When you're born somewhere, your experience of a place is completely different than if you get to choose to go there later on in life. Um, I think London is an amazing city. I feel very privileged to have been born there. It has lots of opportunities. And I just love the fact that it's so international. You can meet folks from anywhere. And also people are, I mean, in some ways we're reserved, but in other ways, there's a lot of curiosity and you can just go to a pub and end up speaking to anyone. Like I think in some ways it's not as segregated as other big cities might be like you can meet people of all classes or races so i love i do love that flow about it i guess on the flip side when you reach a certain age or maybe just a certain mindset sometimes you want something else like something a little bit more connected and and less fast paced. And also for me, I have children, so I I don't have a life. So all the stuff that London had to offer, you know, like going out, parties, restaurants, it's sort of, that was no longer the, the main pull for me for being there. So I think definitely by the time I hit 30, I was like, okay, I need, I need to be somewhere where I can be more in flow in a way that fits with the lifestyle that I had. I feel like I got the most out of London and I think folks who are like very much in the career game and networking, London's an amazing place to be. But yeah, I I also just felt the need to be in a country that was more black. For
0: sure. For sure. And so you mentioned your three lovely children. So... As you started to make that decision and, you know, let me know if my timeline is a little off, but as you started to make that decision that, okay, London is not really the life for us. I want to venture abroad. And you mentioned that your parents are from Grenada originally. Was that definitely the first natural step for you or were there any other countries in your decision tree as you thought about not only your life, but of course your children.
1: Yeah, no. So my timeline goes all over the place. Um, so when I, I, I studied Italian at university and was a complete Italophile, had lived in Milan, traveled there regularly. So Italy was somewhere that was kind of on my radar, but also my then partner, he travels a lot for work um, and he worked in the nightlife industry and his work often took him to Ibiza. So Ibiza was actually our our first destination that we moved to as a family when my son was seven months old, I think. Um, Yes, we moved there, lived there for six months of the year and then spent the next probably four years going back and forth for like long stints of the year. And Ibiza is amazing. Like it's not... I think when you say that, say the island, people think of it as a party place, but there's so much more to it than just nightclubs and everything else. And I do think in a way there are many similarities with Grenada in that it's an island light, lifestyle, great weather, great food, people are friendly, um, really stunning nature and scenery. But yeah, it, in terms of the industry, primarily it is about nightlife. Um, and, and that's not my background at all. So even while we were there, it was amazing. It was a lovely place to be, but it, it never felt like this is really going to be a place where I'm going to belong. So, yeah. And I think that's the thing as a couple. It does quite often take a, a lot of give and take. You aren't definitely both going to want to go in the same direction. So I think after we tried Ibiza and I was like, babe, this, this is not for me. Um, it was a lot of negotiation as to where I was going to work. And I kind of said, you know, given that I ended up writing my master's dissertation in the library in Ibiza, you now owe me. So um, in 2015, we moved to Grenada for six months to do a trial run of of living out here. So that was really my first opportunity, because even I'd been coming here as a child regularly. It was my first opportunity to test out what it's like to actually live somewhere, because I'm sure all of your guests say living somewhere is very different from holidaying somewhere.
0: Absolutely. Particularly when that somewhere is an island with, like you said, gorgeous weather and beaches and things like that. So how was it for you experiencing that difference? As you mentioned, you were coming and going as a child, but going as an adult, going as an adult with children and at the time a partner. How is that experience, you know, because I think for me and maybe other people share this perception, when you think about an island life or you think about the Caribbean, of course, the allure is, you know, the beautiful trees, the pristine waters, the beaches, and even the perception of having to have massive amounts of wealth in order to enjoy that long term. So if you could paint a picture for someone who's listening Um, Can you share about that experience? We'll be right back.
1: Are you a Caribbean American? Are you looking for a podcast that truly speaks to your culture and identity? Look no further than Carry On Friends, the ultimate destination for all things Caribbean American. Hosted by me, Carrie Ann. Dive deep into topics such as culture, heritage, and everyday life. Through the unique lens of the Caribbean American experience, you'll walk away feeling more connected to your roots. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American experience. Your Caribbean American community awaits. Yeah. So I think probably the most interesting way is to give two perspectives, which is my perspective and my partner's perspective. So for me, it was perfect. I... Definitely knew that I wanted to unplug from city life. I definitely knew that I wanted a slower place. And I definitely knew that I wanted a place where I can make more authentic connections. And for sure, I found that. I think at a certain point after six weeks or so, I was like, wow, I've been down every street. I've been to everybody, which wasn't true. But you begin to feel how small the place is. Like Grenada is a population of 110,000. So it's it's really small. It's really, really small. That's it. Wow yeah but I love that and I think in a way for what you don't have in entertainment or shopping malls etc you make up for it in the personal connections that you make and like friends are really really important here and I love that like it is expensive I think if you're willing to like totally readjust your lifestyle and live like a local it can be more affordable but um Grenada. I think the Caribbean in general is is quite pricey. I think islands like Jamaica or destinations like Belize definitely can be more affordable. But I think in general, you're not going to be spending less here than you would have done back home if you want to maintain the, the, the same lifestyle. But for me, that was a payoff that was worth it just because the amount of freedom that I was able to have and also that my son was able to have. Like he's such a different child where he can just run free. In England, when you take kids out, often you're in the park and you're watching them to make sure that they don't fall or someone doesn't take them away. And in Grenada, I'll be doing the same thing and I'll turn around and I'll be the only parent there because the others are just sitting back, chilling out, having fun because that hyper vigilance of making sure that your children are safe, it's just not needed because community is, is just so strong, like people look out for kids and kids look out for each other. They have a, a level of responsibility and confidence that probably those um, in the West or in developed countries don't necessarily have. But for my partner, he loved, or my then partner, he loved the beaches. He loved the swimming pools and, you know, being able to jet off on an island to, to an island on a boat. But in terms of networking and in terms of being where he needed to be for business, it was yeah, it, it wasn't it. Um, he often had to travel to the U.S. for work. I mean, and in terms of transportation, um, it's, it's quite easy to hop on a flight to Miami or New York. I think there are daily flights. But at, at one point we got burgled. Now, Grenada is a very, do you say burgled? I don't know what you say in the States. But we. Uh, we you meant
0: in terms of robbery? Robbed, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you meant, but
1: I to <laughs> be sure. The lingo translates. But yeah, we got broken into um, and they stole our laptops. And now as two people who were working remotely, like that was game over. And I think, I think for him, that moment really drove home the fact that we were thousands of miles from anywhere where you could just like get a new iPad or I don't, I'm not an Apple person, but get a new laptop (laughs) um, at the click of a finger. And I think for him, that was a moment where he was like, no, this isn't, this isn't for us. Or that wasn't for him. It was still it for me, but it it wasn't it for, for him. So I think, Grenada of the Caribbean in general isn't for everyone I think it takes a certain mindset it takes being in a certain stage in your life and a certain set of desires for it to be a fit I think for a lot of people it can be too small um it can be too remote but if you are willing to kind of be more in flow and just chilled then yeah it's it's kind of perfect I I would say
0: yeah, and it sounds that way. So for you, you know, like you said you went, you brought your children. They they seem to and I I follow you on Instagram and they look like they're flourishing there. So for you, you got to a point where you took it a step further not just enjoying this time you know with your children and getting and being in an environment in which you could personally thrive and have authentic connections as you mentioned you took it a step further and created the exodus collective so why was that the right time and the right move for you
1: yeah, that's and that's a really good question. I don't quite know how to answer that. So um that was twenty fifteen was when we did the six month stay. Um it wasn't working out for us as a couple, so we came back to the to the UK um and stayed for many more years. Um and then we separated and I knew in my mind, okay, I'm not I don't want to be here. I'm not staying in London. I want to move to the Caribbean. But in between, I've been going back and forth because I'd set up a business here. So I was coming to Grenada probably at least two or three times a year. And quite often folks would say, but like, why is a young person spending so much time in the Caribbean? Surely it's a place that you go to retire in. It's not something where you actually live. And my background is in journalism. And I just know that there's so much happening in the region. There are so many people making moves that just wouldn't, that their stories wouldn't be told in mainstream media. Um, And I just thought, given that people have the curiosity, given that I know things are happening, why not start telling those stories so we can shift the narrative as to what the region is about, what the opportunities are, but also what the needs are, because I think, As someone who is of Caribbean descent, I feel that there's a responsibility to encourage people to move, not just to kind of sit back and enjoy the scenery, which is amazing, but also to find ways that they can contribute, because typically folks leave and come to the US or to to Canada and the UK, and there is a brain drain. So I think there's a real opportunity for folks of our generation to to move there and see what we can contribute, as well as enjoying um, the, the many benefits that it has to offer. But to go back to the to the Exodus Collective, it was always an idea in the back of my mind and I didn't quite know how to make it happen. And then around June of last year, I just got back in touch with a friend of mine who is from the US and had been living in Grenada for about four years. And it was after the George, murder of George, George Floyd had happened. We were well into the pandemic situation. Um, and she just said to me, listen, like, I have these skills. I'm 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 a healer. And is there any way that I can connect to a group that's all about helping folks to move to the Caribbean? Because I'm seeing my 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 friends and family in the US feeling trapped, feeling like this, they just can't take it anymore, that they need to be somewhere safer. Like, is there anywhere that you can recommend? And I said, Well, there isn't anywhere that exists, but why don't we create something? And that's really that was sort of the the tipping point to get the idea out of my head into reality so that other people, if they wanted to, could benefit from from that knowledge. Because I think my, I myself was tempted by moving to Ghana. I think everyone's like, Ghana is the place to go to be safe and Black. Um, and who's to say that that might not happen in, in a couple of decades time. But I think with my link to the Caribbean, I just wanted to put that out there as an option for, for folks to consider.
0: Yeah, and that's fantastic, because one of the things that I love most about this Black expat community is it's not just about moving abroad. In many instances, it's thriving abroad, getting off of the struggle bus, embracing a new way of living that allows you to think more expansive. And in doing so, I think the beauty of it is being able to say, okay, I'm enjoying this. I want other people to experience this as well. And you know, you give them a taste of it, whether it's, you know, you doing your live or your blogging or your Instagram, there's definitely this desire to open the door, particularly as people are more attuned, given the pandemic slowdown, to realizing that there are other options out there. And Maybe for someone who, like I mentioned before, you know, said, oh, I've gone to the Caribbean on vacation, but I never thought that I could live there. Or maybe I did, but I figured I could do it when I retire. You're creating content that allows people to say, no, you don't have to wait. (laughs) Like you can experience it now. And I think what else is, for me, great about your story and evolution is that you're doing this as a single mom of three. And for any woman, and I'm a single mom of two, but for any woman who's out there listening and thinking that, okay, I can't, it's a testament that yes, you can.
1: Yeah, for sure. If I can do it, anyone can like literally anyone can because yeah as you as a single mom, it's you're not just responsible for yourself you're responsible for others for me I wasn't able to just take that decision and move right it was it required a lot of negotiation and mediation with my with my kid's father so yeah for sure it's it's not easy but I think where where there's a will there's a way I think so
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's bring it in a little bit, um, stay on this thread of of the children. And so we all know (laughs) we are raising children in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, So but you are doing so also in experiencing island life. So as your children are, you know, I would imagine because my daughter just recently started school again, How are they adjusting to life and the new ways of learning?
1: It's an adjustment. I think that the pictures that I post on Instagram, everyone's happy and amazing and loving it. But the reality is that it can be really emotional for them to make that adjustment. And I have times where they're like, I hate Grenada. I want to go back to England because the pasta here is terrible. You know, like these... (laughs) emergent things that are just reason to hate an entire nation. Like that's <laughs> the reality of some some of the things that you're going to have to deal with. And I think maybe that there are parents who may maybe managed to make a more smooth transition than I am. But I think I think it's important to be honest that it, it is a process. It is a journey. There are going to be days that are amazing. There are days that are going to be pretty intense. Mm. Um, but I think as long as you're you're clear on the purpose of why you're doing it then I think that is what grounds you in the days of it where they're just throwing tantrums. And I think for me in particular, seeing the experiences that my son had as a black boy in the education system, and he's only 10, Mm. but for me to see that there was a potential that he would have to go through the nonsense in school that I had to go through like 30 years ago, I was like, no, No, Mm. no,
0: no. So
1: even if, school that he goes to they may not have like the latest electronics or they might not have skiing trips to who knows where like that knowledge of self that lack of doubt that being in an, an environment where he is supported and expected to thrive rather than seen as a problem for me I think that's the best legacy that i can give to my kids like that foundation that whatever whatever happens they can build on that and also to be less entitled like i think you know that i think kids growing up in in big cities they they expect a lot of stuff and you know part of it is like but there's no amazon prime in grenada (laughs) we can live without amazon prime you can learn how to make stuff and to have more simple pleasures and, I, and obviously, like, he doesn't love that right now, but I'm hoping by the time he's 16, he's going to have that fluency that means that he can be anywhere and adapt to, to fast paced life or be able to mingle with people who, who have less or, or he have a different perspective or a different experience of life. And then with regards to schooling, um, Grenada is currently experiencing a spike in covid cases and the island is really hyper vigilant about covid probably because um there's an american medical school here so i think they're getting a lot of uh top level advice but also they have a responsibility to protect this cohort of like maybe five thousand students or so so i think currently we've gone from one to four deaths in the past two weeks that that's in total over the, since february uh 2020 so there's a curfew and schools the reopening of schools has been delayed. So I'm now looking at going back to homeschooling or unschooling in on an island, which is going to be a different experience. I, I, I think it's always, I mean, I think in these times we learn to expect the unexpected. And in my mind, homeschooling in Grenada, where it can be like, okay, let's go to the mountains or let's go to the waterfall or let's like learn from a marine biologist was very different from lockdown in the UK where it's like, okay, it's raining. So we're in our house, (laughs) you know, there's much less that you can do there, but yeah, it's going to be an adjustment. It's an adjustment for them and it's an adjustment for me, but I'm confident that we'll, we'll do okay.
0: And you know what? Kids always take their cues from their adult parents. Right. And so, like you said, if you, you don't have to have all the answers, <laughs> right? So, but you do have to have at least a level of confidence and faith that things will work out. And so I definitely get that from, from you. And so I'm sure your kids will be just fine. And I think the other thing I, I'm curious about as you started to talk about how you're going to maybe have to pivot depending on how the situation unfolds what type of self-care practices are you employing? Because, you know, that's a lot. You are you have the children, there's a pandemic, there's, you know, lockdown, there's a business to run. And part of one of the things that I like to reinforce on this platform, and I think it's also important for me to do as well as I'm getting closer and closer to my journey, is making sure that wellness is a part of the equation. So for you, are there any um self-care practices that you're utilizing?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. I was thinking about last la- that last night. If I'm going to be completely honest, that self-care has gone out of the window probably since I started packing for this trip. Yeah. I think prior to, because the situation in the UK was so touch and go as to when I'd be able to leave, I literally saw, okay, there's this like six, two week window and I need to pack up my house and move. So that's just been insane. Getting here has been insane. And I think last night I was reflecting, is that saying um, something like wherever you are, there you go. So the location might've changed, But unless I change my patterns and my habits, the same sort of shadows that that pop up in London are going to pop up here. So for me, when I'm not spinning and being frantic, self-care looks like yoga nidra. So um, I practice yoga nidra daily, and it's just about, for me, a way to to meditate, to to still myself, but also get back into my body. I think as a a mother, there's like so much noise and so much chatter. And and as someone who's self-employed, there can be so much going on in my brain that to just take space to get back into my body and ground myself is like absolutely fundamental and the other thing about being here is just the connection to nature so for me and I think in a way that that is the one thing that has been constant is that wherever you're going wherever you're driving there's just this intense greenery and for me when I spend too much time in cities I notice that I'm just not getting that, that connection to nature. And I think even if I'm not taking the time to always go through walks, just probably sounds a bit out there, but vibrationally, that thing of having greenery constantly around you or seeing the blue of the sea, for me, it just has such a different effect than, than concrete and tarmac and, and buildings. That I think for me, that absolutely is the thing that, that, that centers me, even when I don't take the time to do absolutely everything, making sure that I can be as immersed in nature as possible. It's just, it's ins- it's grounding, but it's also inspiring. I think having that that literal space to think, that pure air to breathe, it, it just makes such a difference. So I think that for sure is is the thing that is key to my self-care.
0: That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Is, it is, I think there is something about nature that just, allows us as human beings to to reconnect. And also, you know, I was actually having this conversation earlier with my mom today was, is it just about understanding our place in the bigger thing, in bigger world, bigger planet, everything. It just allows you to put things into perspective and also our responsibility as individuals, as human beings on this planet. Um, I think that's something that's powerful that you can get from, from nature and realizing that there's something bigger than, than you.
1: Yeah. It's Um, funny you say that last night for the first time, there was a storm and I've experienced storms in the UK, but this was, super windy, like windows. I mean, the doors are blowing inside my house. And front, just like you were saying, it just, just kind of puts everything in perspective. So I'm like, oh, COVID, the lockdown, la, la, la. But actually nature and the environment is so much bigger. So sometimes you just need to chill out, have some respect and just work with what comes. And I think that sort of less grabby, I need to control everything approach can can make a world of difference.
0: Absolutely. Because you were talking before about um, like the brain drain. And you know, things that have been widely reported as of late is like the great resignation, right mm-hmm. They're talking about people who are leaving their jobs or not returning to work because they've been doing their their jobs and in the midst of all the things we just discussed, and feeling depleted. and then on top of that having to adjust to, you know, if you're a parent, your child back in school, maybe going back into the workforce. Now we have the Delta variant and another one to follow um, that's been reported. So when you think about all of this, and I've seen other countries, particularly different parts of the Caribbean, open the door to different visa programs, knowing that there are more and more people who are either deciding not to go back to work Exploring being a digital nomad, looking at creating a location-independent lifestyle like yourself, I was reading in my research for our conversation today that you were launching an extended stay program for Grenada. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. It's funny. I've literally just came back from
1: uh, viewing a potential property that we might be using it as the base. So yeah, as you say, a number of Caribbean islands have brought in digital nomad visas. They might have different names, but I think from Antigua to Barbados to Curaçao, there are many initiatives to encourage folks to come and stay for longer periods of time. In May, Grenada announced that they were um, about to launch a workation visa. The exact date that that is launching isn't confirmed. But even if you don't want to come for up to 12 months on a US regular tourist visa, you're allowed to stay for three months, up to three months. And really what I wanted to do is to just help people make that transition. Because I think as much as you like watch or listen to sessions like this or watch stuff on Instagram or on YouTube, actually making that leap can feel very overwhelming. And to really help people to, to get get a taste of what island life might be like so that then they can feel empowered to take that decision for themselves. So it's really, um, the plan is for it to be a four-week program. So it's not like a retreat where you just stay for, for, for a week. You really get a chance to immerse yourself, see what you like, what you don't like, but also to help folks with hand-holding. So understanding what are your options when it comes to setting up a bank account? What are your options for finding an accountant or a lawyer if you want to perhaps um invest in property or rent somewhere long term. Here with the real estate agents that we can personally recommend so you don't have to worry about getting getting fleeced. So really it's just an, an immersive period for, for folks to have an extended stay. So whether they just want to remote work for a month and fancy changing their scenery from what they used to back home, or if they're perhaps considering a longer term stay, it really is a chance to just get a taster at in a safe environment with all the support that you could want. Um, And I think also, I mean, that probably sounds quite quite serious, but we really want to have a chance to show people Grenada. I think because it's such a small island, Grenadians tend to take their experience of Grenada quite personally, so everyone comes here is considered a guest. So we really want to show folks like the, the undiscovered Grenada away from the, from the tourist areas, whether it's going to places by boat, scuba diving, trekking, getting to connect with local communities as well. I think that's also an aspect that I think is quite important because I think for these islands that are so dependent on tourism... Now that traditional tourism and travel doesn't work the way that it always has done, it's a real opportunity to press the reset button and to make sure that when it does come back or when people do choose to spend time on the island, they're not just going to the same old like big business owners, but that people in the communities actually have a chance to interact and to benefit from that tourism spend. So community tourism is, is it going to be a big part of what we're offering, just because I think folks want that sense of connection. And I, I guess in the US it's different because you guys haven't been as, as locked down as severely as we have in the UK. But for us, I think that sense of isolation, that sense of disconnectedness can be quite intense. So to come to an island where people are incredibly friendly and where you can really make those authentic bonds is, is part of what we want the experience to be about as well
0: absolutely because there's so much that you mentioned these these islands depend heavily on tourism and it's great that they're thinking about like okay things have changed and shifted people's habits have shifted their work has shifted and being progressive and forward thinking and saying okay we know these nomads exist we know people are reconsidering different options and it's possible we don't know how long this pandemic is going to last we certainly didn't think we'd be in it as long as we have right but being able to be a forward thinker and say okay how do we attract people and show them this this gem and show them uh, a different way to think about relocation to think about like you mentioned with community tourism to think about tourism for the tourism operators in a different way and then particularly for people like myself and probably for people that are listening to this conversation that haven't done or are in the process of thinking about doing a scouting trip and now you know Grenada is in the consideration set now they have a way to have a scouting opportunity in a very structured environment that allows them to now make those important connections so that it's not this overwhelming drop them in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> you know, needle in the haystack trying to sift through because to your point, it can be very overwhelming in a process that already is overwhelming, you know, picking up your life, as you know, and moving it and moving it somewhere else. So I love that you have taken it a step further in in working to create this extended stay program in Grenada. That is amazing.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the reasons, another reason behind creating the Exodus Collective is that so much in the Caribbean just isn't recorded digitally. So you're trying to do research, you're trying to find out information about an area or information about a school, and it's just not there. And that might lead you to think, okay, well, nothing exists, but the reality couldn't be further from the truth that does exist. It's just not there unless you know who to speak to, which is frustrating. Um, So we're trying to document as much as possible on the site so people can ask questions um, and get that information that they need. But I think ultimately just having a a helping hand to lead you in the right direction so that you don't have to go through five people, you don't have to ask, to ask, to ask, and also wait a a week for someone to respond to your email, which I'm honest, island time does exist. (laughs) (laughs) A way to just cut through all of that red tape and bureaucracy and just get the information that you need so then you can make informed decisions for yourself. And I think, you know, it's quite possible the folks do that who do this might decide Grenada is not for them. But I think that process of going through all the steps that you might need to take if you are moving abroad, I think that definitely reduces some of the fear factor. So if you if you've approached it in one island, there's no reason why you couldn't take a similar approach to another destination. Because I think that often the, the unknown is what we fear most. And I think once we start to kind of just look it in the eye. Jot it down. Do the numbers work? Does this feel right? Then it allows you to proceed with a lot more confidence.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, as we start to wrap up, Zoe, what is next for you and what do you think is next for the collective?
1: Good question. I'll start with the second part first because that's the easiest. I think probably for the first, past year, I've been doing a lot of exploring as to what the process of moving is like for folks who've moved either from the UK, US or Canada to different Caribbean islands. And I think I've covered pretty much all of them within the West Indies, with the exception of the Bahamas and Suriname. So if anyone is from the Bahamas and Suriname, drop me a line because I'd love to interview you. But I think one of the things that I'm realizing about being here, it's kind of like being pregnant. You know, when you're pregnant, you're so obsessed with the pregnancy. But actually, the pregnancy is a, only a very small part of the picture. It's actually that whole child-rearing period that's going to last until you die. And I think that's definitely one of the realizations that I'm having about the narrative that I've been sharing Um, So I think what's going to be happening from now on in terms of the content is delving much deeper into the experience of living in Grenada, introducing the characters, the settings, the history, the culture, so that people can really immerse themselves less with the pain of like what's pushing you to leave and what might the potential pull look like. So that's what's happening in terms of content on the Exodus Collective. And then in terms of the other of what's next for me, it's really about moving that conversation about people sitting back and watching the content as entertainment and providing them with a the vehicle to actually get out and, and make those steps. So um launching this this workation retreat which will run um in February 2020 that's the next step i'm actually building a new website for it which is weworkremote.com.wi for west indies um because the idea is to be able to offer that experience in different islands um as as time goes along but yeah i think we're heading towards winter folks are realizing that actually that things are probably going to be pretty tricky this year around as well so i think just keeping that narrative going that the, the west indies the caribbean is a region that folks can consider and you don't necessarily have to wait till you retire
0: is is definitely the priority for me. That's fantastic. And I certainly am going to include all the links below in the show notes for this episode. So that if you are interested in the Caribbean or just want to consume a lot of wonderful, amazing content that you have curated um, on your site and on your YouTube channel. It's a huge and tremendous resource. I know I have watched a few. I have shared it in the Blacks of Global Facebook group because there is so much that you, you as well as Grenada, have to offer. And so I just want people to really, you know, take that from our conversation that there is more to the Caribbean. So thank you so, so much for this opportunity to get to know you a lot better and also to talk about the wonderful 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 country
1: thank you very much and for what you do I think you know for so long last year I was like am I a crazy person am I crazy to think that moving abroad is an option and to know that you're actually creating a whole community and a movement it just yeah it's great to connect with folks who
0: have that vision and who are really keen at helping others make that move too Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Blacksick Global Podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to visit our website at blacksickglobal.com. It's not only possible to live out your dreams unbothered and in full color. It is your birthright. Are you trying to sort out health plans, banking, VPN, and other connectivity for your move abroad? Well, have no fear. We've got you with the Move Abroad Starter Kit. Get yours today at Blacksitglobal.com resources. That's Blacksitglobal.com resources.